before you hire an agency, you have to figure out like, what's my point towards this? Like, if your secretary is just gonna post and you just want posts to go up and get zero results and that's what your goal is, amazing. Like you've accomplished your goal, right? But if you're trying to get something out of social and you've established like, okay, from social, I'm trying to get, you know, $100,000 in sales or I'm trying to grow my notoriety or and I'm trying to, like, I think it's like figuring that out and then finding the partners that are gonna get you to, to establish those goals. You're listening to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 120, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am super excited to share this conversation with you that I had with Ariane Tonka. She is the founder and CEO of Overground, which is a digital marketing agency, as well as 66 Agency, which is an influencer marketing agency. And she is also an influencer and content creator, and that is how I know her. She is also an ambassador for Under Armour and NFL Canada. So I feel like we live this weird parallel life, kind of, which she's in Montreal and I'm in Calgary, both running agencies, ambassadors for the same companies. Um, But I think her content is amazing. She does a really good job of staying authentic. On Instagram, we're creating like really cool content. I think she's so cool. And I always look to her page for inspiration. So I was excited to actually have her on the podcast and dive into what she does and how her mind works with social media. She's been on her journey with social media and her company for over 10 years. Um, She founded Overground 10 years ago in Montreal. And so she was one of the first agencies to really know the value of social media and be able to run it for other businesses, which I find extremely inspiring and motivating. She has huge clients under her her roster for her company, and that is due to her hard work and persistence and expertise in social media because she has been in it, like I said, for a long time. And in this episode, we talk about the importance of understanding your goals before launching social media campaigns, ads, strategies, all of that stuff, really understanding why you're doing something and what you're expecting out of it, rather than just throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks, which isn't a terrible thing. I know a lot of people are doing that with social media strategies and not really understanding the best way to do it, but really understanding why is important and taking the time to understand that. We also talk about why influencer marketing is so powerful and how to put together a successful influencer campaign. Ariane shares her journey as a business owner, how she started her agencies, as well as a content creator, how she decides what brands to work with and why it's important to build your personal brand on things you already love. We talk about how we both ended up with fitness, sport type of personal brands, and that was only because it was things we were already doing in our life. And she really well articulates why it's so important to be creating content you are already doing in your life and why trying to get into a niche that is successful for someone else but isn't necessarily something you love isn't going to work because of the time and effort it takes to create that content and really build an authentic brand we have tons of information in this episode i wish we could have talked forever and ever but like i said i'm trying to keep these episodes to a consumable time period, um, especially when people aren't spending as much time in the car or on an airplane or anything like that. So I hope you get a lot out of it. If you have more questions, feel free to reach out to Ariane or myself, and I will definitely have her back on because I know she is full of 
tons of great knowledge and you will see that in this episode. So let's jump into it. Here is Ariane. Welcome back to Poolside. I am on a call, not in person, on a call with Ariane. And thanks for joining me. I'm excited to, to chat with you. Of course, me too. I'm happy to catch up Of course, on a call, unfortunately. I wish we could actually meet up, but you know, I one know. of these days. <laughs> totally. I know. I need to come up to Montreal. So eventually, right. post-COVID, we'll have an in-person Absolutely. podcast Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Do you want to start with introducing yourself, um, who you are, what you do, a little bit about your background? Yes, so I'm uh, Ariane Tonka. uh, I'm an entrepreneur based in Montreal and I'm also an influencer for uh, NFL Canada, just like you, as well as Under Armour as well. Um, I launched my digital marketing business Overground 10 years ago. Uh, with my business partner. We were one of the first agencies to really decide that we were going to specialize in social media here in Montreal. Um, And we launched an influencer agency uh, three years ago now uh, called 66 Agency, which is uh, an online roster of over 3,000 influencers from all around North America, where brands can actually log into the platform and really pick and have a good overview of who they want to work with based on their interests, based on where they're located. And we've been running campaigns for all types of brands um, in the Canada and in the U.S. in the last uh, four years. So I'm fully, uh, I'm one of those digital creatives, I guess. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good like term to umbrella everything that you do. Yeah. So Jonna, you mentioned obviously your two agencies. Do you want to talk about the journey of starting Overground? Because like you said, like 10 years ago, I feel like people weren't really thinking about social media, especially as like a business. Um, so do you want to talk about like where the idea came from, how it was starting, like how you got your clients and like convinced people they should hire you? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, my first job out of university, um, I worked in a large traditional agency where I was working on the Bell Mobility account. And it was so interesting because I was in account services and it was so untangible to me you know like there would be like awards for best campaign and this and that and I was like how do they even know if it's a good campaign like who decides like it was just such a a world where agencies support themselves and they give each other awards and stuff but then social media you know already from university I was already on Facebook I was already on Twitter like there's something about that that I was always like really excited about because I got to like create put my own ideas out there and when I was at that job um I was still working at a bar called Tokyo Bar here in Montreal. And um, I was working like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And Sunday nights during the winter were a little rougher because like obviously people work on Mondays. So it was like, how do we get customers through the door? How do we get tourists to know we're open? Like how, what can we do? So I asked the owner of Tokyo, I was like, oh, do you mind if I start doing the Instagram? And it, Instagram was just starting out and I was having fun with it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll find ways to get people. And it was kind of like a cool thing where I kept it secret who was doing it. And then I would like comment on their, on their like regular clients and stuff. And they're like, who is it? Who is it? Like it was all, it was such like a personal thing, but we really started noticing that like it was working. So for instance, if let's say there was like a football game at the McGill Studio, which is like five minutes from Tokyo, I was able to get like 
okay, I would like, like everybody that's in the Argonauts team that is playing in Montreal so that they know that they can come party at Tokyo afterwards. Like I was like trying to figure out like, how do I get people to know we're open? And straight up, we'd start people coming, see people coming in with their football jerseys. So we're like, oh, this is working. So I was doing all that. And at the time, you know, the owner of the business wasn't like, oh my God, I'm giving you the, my brand. Like he did not care. Like he was like, do whatever you want on Instagram as long as it's working. So I started doing that and it was really working. And then other businesses um, started asking like, oh, could you do, do our Instagram? Could you do our Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And it was very like learning as I do it. So I think it's kind of like been a really cool way to learn social is really before there were ads, before there were actually a right way to do it. It was just kind of like figuring shit out as you go. Uh, which made us you know, really be comfortable with the platforms as a user first versus an advertiser. Um, so yeah, I started doing it for Tokyo and then all these other businesses and it became obvious there was something there. So I quit my job and I started this agency with my partner where we pitched our services. We really started local. So because I worked in the nightlife industry and my business partner is a DJ, so both like in that industry, we already had a lot of contacts. So it was like kind of like, getting it started. My business partner actually used to promote parties on a digital platform, like before Facebook or MySpace existed. Like he's very like good about that stuff. Like I think he would send some kind of, he would get a hold of like the McGill database and like promote some parties. Like, I don't know how he went about it, but he was already kind of like finding ways to go about things that was different from like giving out flyers on the street. And so it really, really started from there. Then we got all these different local businesses that wanted to work with us. And really at the time, we were the only ones doing it. So it, it, it was kind of worked out from there. Now we're here 10 years later and we're helping businesses like Under Armour run uh, branded campaigns. We're helping, we're working with BRP, we're working with Thai Express. So there was a turning point where we had to decide, okay, now we want to go legit. Like now we're not learning anymore. Like we want to have the Facebook blueprint. Uh, we only want to work with clients that understand they need to pay for advertising. So we really did that shift, but really that's how, uh, how it all started. And when we launched 66, we already had like our ongoing clients that were interested in influencer marketing. But then we had a bunch of other connections with bigger brands that they like to run their social in-house, but they were interested in, in uh, working with other agencies for influencer. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. And I feel like the influencer marketing, because it's still so new, I guess, like in terms of marketing that they want someone, especially someone like you who knows both sides of it. Like you, you own the agency, but you also are an influencer. And I think that really helps with helping businesses and brands understand why they need to have a social strategy, but also use influencer marketing at the same time. So I think that's really like your experience has been amazing, obviously for your clients. Um, and for, for businesses, I think, I mean, COVID I think has really helped people understand why they need social media to like connect with everybody when they can't face to face. But when you're pitching new brands or you're just explaining to people why they need to have a strong social media strategy, um, why do you tell people that they need to invest in social? Cause I know a lot of people like, like I own an agency too. And so I have a lot of people, they're like, Oh, like my secretary will post on social. We'll just post whatever. Like they don't really have a strategy. Um, so why should brands really invest in an actual social strategy? I mean, there's a lot of reasons of going about it. And I do think that before you hire an agency, you have to figure out like, what's my point towards this? Like if your secretary is just going to post and you just want posts to go up and get zero results and that's what your goal is, amazing. Like you've accomplished your goal, right? But if you're trying to get something out of social and you establish like, okay, from social, I'm trying to get, you know, $100,000 in sales or I'm trying to grow my 
notoriety or, and I'm trying to like, I think it's like figuring that out and then finding the partners that are going to get you to, to establish those goals. Like I'm sure you're, you, you see the same thing where things have really shifted where, um, when we first started the agency, one person could do social media for a bunch of brands, no problem. But now there's so many different elements in terms of content creation, in terms of the influencer, in terms of the ads, in terms of everything that runs in parallel that you really need to have an expert in each different part. And different agencies are going to be helpful for different goals that you have. But I think that, um, you know, whether you really want to humanize your brand, your brand, then you really need a team that's going to help you create that kind of content, create that persona. If you really just want to have sales, 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 like let's say you sell teeth whitening or whatever, then you could just do ads all the time. It's like figuring out what your goal is and then having the right match and the right agency that could do it. But at the same time, it's like so many people will choose that route of like the receptionist does it and then they'll say social media doesn't work. But of course, if you're trying it like that, it's not going to work. Like you have to actually try it with the specific goal and with a plan to see what it's going to do for you. But there's definitely different ways of, of going about it. Right. Totally. And for someone who like a business and they obviously they have social media, what do you recommend for people on different platforms? Because obviously like social is a very like big term. Um, mm -hmm. So usually when you're working with brands, where do you start them for social? Like do you do Instagram and video creation or do you, you're like, oh, let's do TikTok or like, how do you suggest yeah. to people which platforms they should be using? So once again, it goes down to goals, but it also comes down to obviously budget. So that's a big challenge, right? So uh, I'd say most of my clients, like let's say 50% of my clients are in the restaurant business, right? So right away, we're going to go for Facebook and Instagram because it's very visual and, you know, they could use those tools to market. It's, we could really have a good idea that if you spend this much, you'll get this much in return. So we usually start with that. Uh, that being said, if they really want to go outside of that, um, then we would advise, for instance, to work with TikTok. But see, where that comes in is like, if I have, so just to compare what your goals are, whatever you go, it's for social, then it's like, okay, maybe we should use influencers. Because to create content on TikTok as a brand, um, it's really challenging. Because me as your digital agency, like, I'm not going to be the actress in your TikToks. Like, who's going to be in the TikToks? Like, yeah, you could do some food porn, but someone has to put it together. And if you're going to pay five hour of agency time to put two TikToks together is going to cost you a fortune versus if you're going to use influencers, it's just a smarter way of going about it. That being said, it's like they need to understand that they need to be willing to invest in order to create that content in order to be present. You know, it's not just like, yeah, I want to add this platform to my, to my checklist check. Like that's, I can't just repurpose what we create on Instagram and shove it on TikTok. Like they need to understand that. So that's a big part of the process. Just like when Facebook started doing lives, clients would be like, well, how come we're not doing lives? And I said, well, are you going to be in the live? I'm not going to be in the live. You know, like, how, how do you think this, this works? So it's a lot of education. I'd say that's like 90% of my job. It's, it's really educating my client on, you know, what's good. But at the same time, I'm so passionate about social that I'll be the first one to try TikTok, to try Reels. And I'll be like, wait a second, this is fantastic for you. And this is why we should do this. Um, that being said, then there's like Twitter, who's making like a huge comeback. Uh, it's been making a comeback in the English part of things now and in, in Quebec, like I'm starting to see it as well. That being said, Twitter is not a platform that you just push a button and you post and it's over. If you're going to be on Twitter, you have to pay agency time for someone to constantly be looking at Twitter and seeing where can I jump in the conversation? Where can I, you know, so for some of our clients, what we used to do, uh, it was like a sports bar 
So once a week we would do during, we'd pick a sporting event, probably the most popular one, and we'd do a live activation. And that's how we blew up their Twitter. But you really have to, you know, it's not just like a check, oh, here's an additional platform. Sure, we can repost the same content we post on Instagram to Twitter, but then like, how do we make sure people see it? How do we make sure this has any value? And then LinkedIn, uh, it's mostly the B2B for us. Uh, we'll do it for, for, for some clients, but at most of the time we'll just repurpose or run ads depending on what our client goals are. Right, totally. And I love that you said it's mostly education because I 100% agree with that, that people don't quite understand what the platforms are for and what it takes to really become popular on those platforms. Like, are you just wasting your time and your money when your brand shouldn't be on TikTok or it shouldn't like you shouldn't use Twitter or whatever. And so I think that that's a huge part for brands to understand. And even if they're a small business owner and can't afford an agency, I think for themselves to take the time to do the research and really understand, like you said, the goals and why you're using the social platforms as opposed to just doing it because everyone's doing it. Exactly. And I think that the education also allows them like like, I don't want my client to think what I do for them is magic. I want them to understand it because or else in six months, they're going to turn around and say, I don't want to pay for this anymore. I don't understand it. So, so that's a huge part of it. And also just like you're saying, like their secretary doesn't have the knowledge of a whole team and no matter how much time she spends figuring that out. And a lot of time when you're transparent with your client, you explain, this is what I'm doing for you. He's like, wow, I don't have time to do this. And it's even for people who don't have the budget, it's like deciding, okay, do I actually have the time and energy to invest in social? A lot of people, you know, um, they look at a, a business that the, the owner is the face of the company and they post every single day and they look at an agency and say, can you do this for me? And I'm like, well, can you do this for yourself? You know, if you want to become the face, like it's not a magic trick. It's not me who's going to do it. You have to be willing to create all that content and it's mostly time, you know? Totally. Yeah. And um, just to touch on a little bit, because I know a lot of people struggle with like the ROI of social because it's it's not quite as direct as a lot of other things that people are measuring. So when you look at the analytics for social, because everyone's so focused on like follower numbers and those types of numbers, but what are your most important factors just like in general? I know it depends on like the brand and stuff, but just in general, what do you look at for the most important numbers to look at for social success? Well, for obviously for in terms of e-commerce, we really try to drive sales. So that's our, our biggest thing. But I guess for most of the accounts, what we look at is really reach and impressions. So that's what we based our, our content on. So what's reaching the most people and what's doing the impression. When it comes to Instagram, we look at how people engage. So we look at comments, we look at saved posts, we look at what was shared. So for a lot of our clients, we create memes, we create really relatable posts and Sometimes you're disappointed in the comments, but then you're like, wait a second, these people shared it with a lot more people, which brought my reach to a, a, a much bigger number. So that's what we're looking for, really to get in front as many people as possible. And I still have calls daily with clients that are like, we have a goal this month of reaching 100 Facebook likes. And I'm like, who decided this goal? Because even if you have 100,000 Facebook likes, not 100,000 people are going to see this content. And next month, we're going to have to start and find a new way to get those impressions up. So I really try to get my clients away from focusing on, on, sorry, the likes and the followers on Instagram and really overall impressions, because it really doesn't help you to have that. That being said, we month over month, we really make sure to try to reduce our cost per impression, making sure we're reaching as many people as possible with the lowest cost. And how do we do that? Well, it's by improving our ads, but also improving our content. So each month we look at the grid, we look at what performed, what gets us followers. And then we base our next content on these pieces and we make sure, you know, to have the pieces that really have the brand message, but then have the pieces that really drive engagement 
and really make put a mix and match of everything to have consistent results. Right. I love that. And let's, I know we mentioned influencer marketing, but that's, you're an influencer and do influencer marketing. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I want to take this. So if a brand or business has never used influencers as part of their strategy, what's your advice for them and how should they start on that journey? So once again, number one is like, what's your purpose? If it's sales, then make sure you're sharing promo codes. Make sure you have a a clear trackable swipe up link. Like if that's what you want to do, or else you're going to be disappointed. So at least you'll be able to track, okay, did I get results? Uh, Make sure you get all the insights from the influencer prior to paying anybody for anything. Like make sure that you know where you're heading. That being said, if your goal is to create content, because creating content for a brand could be very, very costly. If you work with an agency and you want to have content from all across Canada, let's say, that means that you need to send people, travel people, photographer, models. It's such a challenging to have a cool feed that has content from all over the world. That being said, if you're looking for specifically content, then you could just give your content out for free to Canadians all across Canada and ask you to take pictures for you. And it doesn't matter how many followers they have because you're doing it for the content and not for the sales. Um, if you're looking for impressions and reach, then you might as well, you, you better work with macro influencers. You're going to get a quicker return on your buck. Like it's really about once again, figuring out those goals. Um, then it could just be about having people talk about you because once you're, you're social, okay, you're all set. You have a beautiful page, but it's one thing to have yourself talking about yourself all the time. People are going to look into who else is talking about you. And even if they're influencers, even if they got to it was an exchange or, or this and that their approach to selling the product is probably going to be different from yours as well. And just to, to come back to all this, like the other day, someone was asking me like, if I became an influencer first and then decided I could start a company. And I was like, no, actually for me, it was the other way around where I decided that on my Instagram, I was sharing how I was going about building my company and somewhat became an influencer through that. But now I, I use my personal Instagram to show the business Hey, see, this is what I would do with your product. Like see NFL, like this is my take on how to advertise to my people with what I could do. And it's obviously been a good window for my business, but all the influencers could do that. So for instance, we're sending right now some, um, some, uh, at home, uh, spray tanning kits. It's like the way the brand, the brand focuses on, Oh, it's vegan. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. But maybe from my perspective, the things that are more interesting about the product are going to be different and it's going to, speak to my following. So there's also that aspect of them vouching for your product and having people talking about you from outside. So once again, it's like thinking of really what do you want to focus on and then making sure that your mandate and the way you address influencers is very clear in terms of what you're looking for. Because if you do whatever you want, you're probably going to be disappointed in what you get. Yeah, totally. Well, and especially if you like, you're like, oh, I like how you take these photos, but they get your product and they don't see it in the same way that you're seeing it in their feed then like you said you'll just you won't be happy they won't be happy and no one yeah and like influencers want to do a good job too you know and I feel like people sometimes are afraid to give them a clear mandate but then after when they don't get contact they're like oh I wanted to go a job and you guys never told me what you expect so me I know this so I'll as an influencer right away I'm going to ask like okay, but what do you want in this return? And I'm going to decide if this is something I could do for you, but don't just leave it at that because you're, you're probably going to be disappointed. Like so many brands still do a lot of gifting campaigns, but unfortunately like influencers are so busy, they get so much stuff and they have to be careful, like not to be unboxing things like all day long. So it, it is a challenge and it, it is likely that you're going to be disappointed that no one's going to talk about your toothbrush if you just like give it for free to a bunch of people. Totally. Yeah. And I think brands like, 
forget that because they're so involved in their own brand and they think they have the best product or service, whatever they forget that influencers have been reached out by like 10 toothbrush companies. So like, what's it to them if they have 10 Mm -hmm. free toothbrushes, like they don't care. So I think, yeah, the brands need to really remember that and to work with the influencers so that both of you are benefiting from that partnership. Mm Um, so let's talk about you as an influencer, because that's obviously how I got to know you. Like you said, we're both Under Armour and NFL ambassadors. So, which I think is super cool. I think your content is so inspiring. Like I look at your page all the time and I'm like, oh, she did this. I'm like, that's such a good idea. Like, I think you do a really good job. Um, especially because I know how busy you are, um, running your agency, but then also creating your own content. Like, obviously I know again, because we do the same thing, how much time it takes to create that good content. So for you and you kind of mentioned it, how you became an influencer, but when did you start using Instagram as a business and you had that point where you realized that your personal brand is a business and you became like an influencer, quote unquote? Um, well, it, it's kind of funny because when I left my, my marketing job, I kind of told myself like from now on, I want to like be able to do whatever I want and never like think, oh, is this good for my image? Because for so long, like you grow up and it's like, oh, if you don't finish university in three years, you're terrible. If you don't, uh, if you party too much, you're terrible. If you do this, if you do that, you have to act this way. You have to. And I was like, I can't, like, I'm not able to be this person. Like I'm so out there and outgoing and I just like sharing whatever I want. And uh, when I was like posting on my Instagram, I was like, I don't, I don't want to hide that I work in bars. Most of my clients know that that's where I come from. And this, that. So it was really important for me to never feel like, wait a second, who's looking at this um, oh, is this bad for me? Because I, I was like, I've lived through that so much and I feel like that's almost like living inauthentically. Like, I'm not saying you have to share every single aspect of your life. You don't owe anybody anything. But if you're not doing it in the worry that people won't like you, it's kind of like, it, it, it's tough. It's a tough way to live your life. So for me, I was like, okay, I want to talk behind the scenes of my business, but I also want to share all the kinds of stuff that I like and make it very personal. And maybe they don't care, but it doesn't matter. So <laughs> I, I didn't really overthink it, to be honest. In the beginning, I just started posting and I started working out at a gym where I was doing hit workouts, which I've never done before. And I come from an athletic background, but it was all drills that I already knew. Like I played soccer and the sun, but now all of a sudden it was such new exercise that I thought it was cool. And I wanted to share with my community. So I started posting stuff. That's when I got approached by Under Armour. Like at the time I maybe had like 5,000 followers, which is pretty good. Like from someone who wasn't really trying to do anything, but it was mostly like people that I knew and people that I heard of, of my business and stuff like that. So it just kind of makes sense. Um, but then when I decide it was a brand, like it's, it's really tough. Like, I guess when I started approaching for, for paid collabs and whatnot, but like still till this day, I see my page as it's just my, my personality and it's like whatever I I want. And I don't really feel like an influencer. I think I'm just a creator. And like I said, like for me, a brand approaches me to showcase, I'm like, Oh, this is a good opportunity to show them how I think and whether or not they want to work for me. And I think that I use my personal Instagram to kind of like warm up my leads because most of the time when I get calls for the business they're like oh yeah I follow you like so so they already know all this stuff and it's kind of funny because at first I'm like oh that's amazing and then I'm like oh wait a second so they saw my stupid content from this weekend you know but then I'm like you know what they still called so I don't need to you know they know exactly what they're getting into they already know they like me like it's a good way of going about things and uh for me it's it's been really great it's like most people especially in the marketing space they want to work with people they like so they kind of already feel like they know you. So I feel like that's really the big aspect. It's not so much about the aesthetic. It's not so much about everything else. It's really just about 
having my personnel like here I am if I'm a good fit for you give us a call um, but yeah I think what's tough about the, the, the whole creating content on the side is like I don't do it during business hours like I tr I could but because it does bring business but I have other stuff to do so it's uh, about figuring that out and also finding that perfect blend of like what a brand wants versus what you know is going to work versus you know testing stuff out like for a long time like I love taking professional pictures with photographer but I realized that content doesn't do well like my iPhone content does better so it's also a mix of what I like taking pictures of versus what people want to see and kind of figuring out okay this is what works for me and and this is what doesn't work but at the same time personally I always question like if I was to post only workouts I'd probably have a lot more followers but at the same time that's not what I'm trying to do. I want to touch on different things. I want to get to work with different brands. I want to really have a 360 view of everything I like. So yeah, it is totally. what it is. Yeah. And like I said, I think you do a really good job. Like I said this before we even started that we've only met once, but I feel like I know you because you do share everything that you're doing and you explain what you're doing for work and then you show what you're doing on the weekends. And so I feel like you do a really good job of letting people get to know you on that side. And it comes off very authentic because like, like you're the same person online. I mean, technically you're still online with this call, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. The same like on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and still, so it's totally nice. Absolutely. But I'd say like, to be honest, like I think people love to hate on influencers and say that they're not fun and they have no fun in real life and they're all stuck up. But like, maybe it's the brands that I attract or I don't know, but I've had like really rare experience that the people weren't super dope when I met them to be honest like what people transpired and what I thought maybe I have like good gut feelings about things like that but I feel like every single time like okay we had connected online when we got to meet in real life it was just like 10 times like oh and they're even funnier than like you could see on social or like you know like I feel right. like for that I think a lot of influencers have a really outgoing and cool personality and it it's you see it in social but like you said like the real life aspect is is cool too totally and so how do you decide what brands to work with because obviously you have like the two ambassadorships but do you do other like one-off campaigns as well and how does that work um from your side of it yeah I mean I get approached for a lot of different stuff like I'm really lucky because I've kind of created a niche for myself, like not on purpose, but be being here in Montreal as a girl who kind of loves sports without being a trainer. So there's a lot of trainer ambassadors, but kind of someone who has that like work-life balance. So I, I ended up kind of uh, getting invited to like celebrity soccer games and like all these different things that made me connect with all these people from different spaces. Um, so when people think of something fitness related or very Montreal related, they think about me. So I'm very like that Montreal girl who, you know, I know where to go eat. I know this, I know that. So I get approached from really all types of different brands. Um, how I choose who to work with is really, you know, how inspired I am by the message or by the product that they, they, they want me to work with. And of course, like it's a, if it's how time consuming it is. I personally um, much prefer any experimental experience uh campaign so whether it's like you know uh for emerald health like they flew us to uh to bc to discover everything and talk about it and like i don't care if it's not paid like the experience to me is such a good way also networking with people meeting people like those are my favorite ones even when it's montreal based like a breakfast or a networking event like i just find it's always like such a good opportunity um for me to like collaborate with people to meet people and also to 
get introduced to the product in a fun way. Obviously, due to COVID, all of those have been canceled. So you have to find new ways of creating an experience around the brand. So right now, you know, I really decide on how the, the brand makes me feel and if, if I'm inspired by it or not, or if I don't think it's a good fit, like I'm, I'm super honest and I'm like, ah, I don't see myself creating content for this. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the best way to, and then it keeps your like authenticity alive. If you're being exactly. like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. Then at least you're not lying about it when you have to post about it. But later. like I get, I get approached like 10 times a month for fitness clothes. And it says everyone on my profile, like that I'm with Under Armour. It's, it's like, how much did you not do your research about me? And that's what I always tell my team when we're recruiting influencers. I'm like, you know, look at their profile. Like when you write them an email, like show that you at least looked at their page. Cause like how often I feel like I get approached by someone and like, you know, it's basically they just copy pasted my name for another name and you could tell right away. And, and I understand you're doing big campaigns, but I'm like, what the hell does ha this have to do with me? You know, like I've get approached by brands like lens crafters and I'm like, I've had like LASIK surgery. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, it, it's just it, like, at least approach people wear glasses. I, I don't get it. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it, it takes them like five seconds to look at your profile to decide whether or not they should actually work with you or not. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that then it just starts a better relationship if you know that they've actually looked at who you are and decided they want to work with you rather than you like you said you're just another name on their list that they had to mm -hmm. reach out to um and for people i know i'm sure you get this question all the time um for how to become an influencer how to like get more followers and all of that kind of stuff so what is your advice for people who want to become an influencer start on this like career path again in quotes um or just like level up their social media game uh, my advice, I mean, it's like kind of lame, but it's like really make sure that you focus on something that you like doing. I think a lot of people get stuck in the trap that there's so many ways of making money that people often get too excited. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to make money with every aspect of your life. Like it, it's really just figuring out, okay, this is what the routes I'm going to take. I'm comfortable with this. This is something I want to do every day. And that's what I'm going to do. Like a lot of people see something and they say, I'm going to copy this and that's going to work because it worked for her. And maybe it's going to work, but if you don't actually enjoy creating that kind of content, it's going to get old really, really quick. And I think that it sounds stupid, but there's like nothing worse but getting famous for something you don't really want to be doing because then you're kind of stuck in there. Um, but then there's also the point that it's going to be hard for you to, it, it's not going to feel genuine. Like for instance, for me to be working with workout fitness brands, it's, I already go to the gym. So for me to put down my phone and create some content is a natural way for me to create content. I can make it part of my daily routine versus if I decide I want to be a fashion influencer, I'm not someone who does my makeup and hair and dresses up every day. So I'm going to have to have to go out of my way to create that content and get ready for those pictures and this and that. And it's going to become old real quick versus I have friends that are amazing fashion bloggers because honestly, they're that person every day of their life. And it's just like, take out the camera, here it is. So I think it's like making sure that you pick something that's part of your life already. So creating content for that is going to be organic uh, with whatever you're doing on a day-to-day. -day. Then in terms of growing, I mean, I think collaborations are important, connecting with people. Um, it's a good way of for people to start noticing you and whatnot. I think reels now are a really, really cool way of getting discovered quickly. 
because uh, the, the rest, it's not what it used to be. It's really, really hard to get noticed by strangers versus reels kind of give you that opportunity um, again. Like you, you, you make quite a bit of them. So you probably, you know, but like for me, for instance, my videos on my page that used to get 10,000 views. Now they get maybe two if I'm lucky, 2,000, sorry, not two views. Um, but my reels can easily get up to 10,000 views if if they kind of hit that stride, right? So uh, so yeah, I think it's like about figuring out what kind of content you'll be able to create consistently based on your schedule, based on what you like doing, and then uh, testing out the different options that are gonna get you in front of as many people as possible. Totally, I love that, yeah, and I think, that people need to take that chance like make a reel like even if you're not comfortable with video make the reel instagram wants you to make them like you said it's that's the way right now to become mm -hmm. seen kind of like tiktok is i guess as well but if you don't want to jump on tiktok because you already have instagram then that's a way to stand out from people that aren't making reels or aren't putting the effort to make video um so i think people get really intimidated by like being on video or not having the right type of content or like whatever it is and um I think just doing it, like you said, if you already like it and it's already part of your life, then it shouldn't be a hard transition into creating content for it. Yeah, but I, I think like things did ha change, like, because if I think of like in the last 10 years, like, because people hear so many success stories of everyone getting so many views that they feel like a failure really quick. But like I was listening to a podcast with Lily Singh recently, and she was saying that before her one video went viral, she had created like 30 videos that had 10 views, you know, like. It, it, right now it's like we get so lucky with our first video that we get discouraged really quickly but like that consistency is key and I'm sure it's the same thing with your podcast like I just launched a podcast myself and you know I'm like yo if 10 people are willing to listen to an hour of me talking like this is a win for me you know but people I find now they, they get so obsessed about how am I going to monetize this I need a hundred thousand views now that it's it's really challenging and especially if you're starting from scratch the beginning part is going to be hard because you have to get the attention of people outside of your circle and it might make people within your your friends not that interested in what you're doing because they're not your target and it's really getting in front of that target and letting go of what people around you want to see and finding that niche that's for you right so in the beginning it's a lot a lot of like trial and error and you don't need to have a huge audience to be impactful and make a business out of this it's really just having the right audience so yeah exactly it it does. I think people don't like understand that that it is like almost a full time job that you have to think about it every day. Like, what are you gonna post? And absolutely, and just in, which is fun. Like, obviously, both of us we've been doing it for a long time, so we enjoy doing it. But like you said, you have to want to do it and just enjoy it and not do it for the money because it is very time consuming and tedious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, couple more questions. So mm -hmm. you're very busy running agencies and your own stuff. So how do you manage your time and your to do list on a daily basis? Um, and keeping that balance between your own personal brand and your client work? Uh, well, so for the agency, we have really great tools. So we use uh, Asana, which like I absolutely love. So it's like my team assigns me some tasks, I assign them tasks, and then I assign myself 100 million <laughs> different other tasks. Uh, so that's a really good way for me. I'm a big, I'm big on to-do lists, but Asana, what's good about it is I, like, if I write something on a paper and then I forget my notebook at the office, like it's, it makes no sense. So I use, and I use my notes app a lot. So like I, I have, to-do list for like for my groceries to like ideas to like every kinds of things that I want to be doing uh, that being said like a big challenge for me has been to really make sure that I train my team in a way that they can be as efficient as possible and so that I don't always have to come back and, and jump in and I think that a big part is really 
in the bigger picture like how is the agency organized in order to make my life as simple as possible and i only have to jump in when i can truly bring value and not just for little little things uh, here and there i guess so so yeah we have our internal tools or else i'm very uh, you know email i love it um i find dms are really really hard to keep track of so i always tell people like if you're trying to you know, work with me or something like my email is right there. Send me an email. You can send me a DM to say you sent me an email, but don't like, it's really hard for me to have long conversation through DM. Like I, I'm probably going to forget about it. So that's, that's usually how I, how I operate. Yeah, no, I love it. Actually DM. That's what I feel so bad when you like see a DM, like you scroll and you're like, it's been unread for like three weeks and you're like, it just got lost. And then in the mentions, so easy. Then, like, I just, yeah, I still, like, exactly. <laughs> um, and Last question for people who want to follow you and connect with you for you and your businesses, where can they find you? So we're really active on Instagram. So I'm Ariane Tonka, A-R-I-A-N-E-T-O-N-K-A, like the truck. And then Overground, uh, O-V-R-G-R-N-D, and 66 Agency. Uh, if you guys are influencers or your brands or you want to sign up, it's totally free for influencers. We vet the influencers that we select, but then you can just be part of our roster and have the opportunity to be selected for some campaigns. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on here. I feel like you shared... You talk so fast. I was like, well, that was so much information. Ah! <laughs> like, that's amazing. <laughs> I always do that. <laughs> you can, at least they could like maybe back it up. <laughs> totally. No, I think that was amazing. I think people would have got a ton out of that. So I appreciate your time. Yay. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Poolside Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Ariane and myself. She has tons of great information and I hope you were able to take notes or you're gonna have to go back and listen to all the nuggets that she slipped in there. She's amazing, inspiring. Make sure you're following her on Instagram, listen to her new podcast and just support where you can. I love connecting with content creators and business owners across Canada. So it's great that she's from Montreal, expanding my network and really getting to know my fellow Under Armour and NFL ambassadors. So it was great. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate and review the podcast, follow me on Instagram and let me know what kind of episodes, what kind of topics you want to hear. And I will see you in the next episode.